0: I remember asking my chief, I was like, Hey, I think I want to try to go do this CrossFit games thing and I'm not going to have to miss a lot of training. Are you good with it? Mm-hmm. And he looked at me and he's like, and he didn't really know a lot about CrossFit because he knew a little bit. And he yeah. goes, what's your friend time? <laughs> I, and I was like, I was like, it's 202." He goes, okay, you can give it a shot.
1: <laughs> so he <laughs> knew enough that that was a good friend. Time. So
0: yeah, so he knew yeah, just based off the friend time alone. It's and fair. so I only had to miss a little bit of work for that. And, uh. But looking back on 2011, that was like the craziest year because we were in the middle of a workup and like a workup is not easy. Like we're out in the desert doing, you know, up down drills at 130 degrees for like 12 hours a day, um, you know, just nonstop. And so, and you'd get these little breaks in between your sessions of workout with military yeah. and like, and everyone goes like takes a nap or eats food. And I literally would go in the gym and work out. I was like, and I look back and I'm like, how the hell did I do that?
1: This is episode number 119 of Pursuing Health featuring Josh Bridges. Welcome to Pursuing Health. I'm Julie Fouché, family medicine resident and former CrossFit Games athlete. Here, I bring to you information and inspiration from experts and everyday individuals for how to use lifestyle to maximize health. Thank you so much for joining me. Now let's get started with this week's episode. Hi there, everybody. Welcome back to Pursuing Health. In this episode, I had the opportunity to record in front of a live audience at the CrossFit Games in Madison, Wisconsin, with a guy who really needs no introduction to the CrossFit community, and that's Josh Bridges. Josh is a six-time CrossFit Games competitor who has been doing CrossFit since 2005. In addition to three first-place finishes at the highly competitive California Regional, his top finishes at the Games include second in 2011 and fourth in 2014. Josh is also a former collegiate wrestler and a U.S. Navy SEAL. In this conversation, we discuss the tools that he's using to speed his recovery from a recent knee surgery that has kept him out of the 2019 Games season. We also talked about his background as a Navy SEAL, what it means to pay the man, and his plans for returning to competition. Towards the end of the episode, we also took some fantastic questions from the audience, including talking about the lessons he's trying to teach his young sons, his take on the well-known hero workout Mirth, and some of his thoughts on CrossFit for older athletes. Before we get started, this is a reminder that although I am now officially a doctor, this podcast is meant to share the experiences of individuals and does not provide medical advice. So with that, we'll get started with episode number 119 of Pursuing Health featuring Josh Bridges.
2: I want to introduce to you some of the characters here. They're both brand new to the CrossFit community. Look, look, look. First off, you may recognize the man with the mustache, Josh Bridges, six times CrossFit Games athlete, former Navy SEAL. He comes out of San Diego, a father of two little boys. He's a good man. Dr. Julie Fouché cuyo four times CrossFit Games athlete, second in 2012, third in 14. She's a family medical resident in Cleveland. She's on the level one staff for the seminar. She teaches the MD level one. And as you can see she's the host of the pursuing health podcast that she started in 2015. she's spoken with everyone from rich Froning to tia claire bob harper dave castro and more so ladies and gentlemen dr julie fuchet and josh bridges let's hear it for them
1: wow hey that was big It's a good intro yeah (laughs) awesome well thank you guys so much for joining us today this is a very special live recording of the pursuing health podcast and i could not be more excited to be here with the one and only Josh Bridges. So, Oh,
0: no, thank you for having me. This is awesome. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. I, you can't mess this up, right? It's live. Right. So I can't be like, oh, we're <laughs> going to edit that out.
1: So. You better make it good. So <laughs> thank you guys for joining us. We're going to have a little conversation, and then we're going to open it up for questions from the audience. So definitely stick around until the end. Yeah. But I thought we'd just start off with a little bit about your season, because you have been competing at... Almost every single CrossFit game since 2012, I think, with one exception. 11. Okay, 11. So, yeah,
0: 12 was the first year I missed, actually. That okay. was when I dislocated me.
1: And um, this year, we didn't see you during yeah. the season. So give us an update about what you've been up to this year and where you're at now.
0: Yeah, um, so after last year's games, which. I shouldn't have been at it anyways, but I decided to it come. It looked
1: pretty painful <laughs> <laughs> from the stands.
0: Yeah, like no ligaments basically in this left knee and um, the my joint was misaligned and I kind of realized that after regionals, I was like, something wasn't right. Um, I like, you know, after five different times, like wanting to like break windows in my garage and, you know, while I'm training, I'm just like, ah, I should just not even go to the games. And then I decided to go and I was like, I... I was like, ah, who knows, who knows where it's going to go. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go have fun. And I tried to take the game in games in last year with a little different perspective than other years where I knew I wasn't coming to win. I was coming to basically just participate. And so I had to change my mindset and and I knew that I was going to have to have surgery right after. And so uh, after the games it took a little while, finally got the surgery done in middle middle of February. I had an osteotomy done on my left knee, which is where they basically break your leg to realign your joint and they put like nine screws in this knee. So wow, it almost looks like a real knee. It's not a real knee just it's good, yet.
1: There's a good scar there.
0: Yeah, it's a good scar. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, uh, the doctor was actually really hopeful that I'd be able to get a lot of relief out of just this surgery because I don't have any ligaments still. I don't have an ACL, a PCL, or an MCL on this knee, but he's like, he's like, I don't want to do two surgeries right away, back to back, because it'll cause a lot of stiffness, so let's see what you get out of the osteotomy, which is where they just realign the joint, and so far, I'm actually, I'm, I'm running again, okay. which is huge, so, and I'm doing very light Olympic weightlifting, uh, and a, and I'm like, kind of starting to ramp up the weights on like, like strength, like okay. uh, squatting and, and deadlifting, um, but yeah, so, it's just been a, you know, a road to recovery, hopefully to qual- try to, come back and qualify for 2020.
1: I know we would all love to see that. (laughs) Um, You mentioned initially maybe some frustration, punching some things (laughs) in your garage um, going through this process, but can you talk us through kind of from a mental perspective of going through that, you know, competing every year at the games at a high level and then having to really take a step back and what you've learned from this process?
0: Yeah. You know, it's definitely getting older. It's, it's easier to accept for sure. Not, you know, It's not the easiest thing realizing, oh, maybe you're not, you aren't who you were at some point in your life. And then, um, trying to focus on the future and where you're going and where you're heading and what you're still capable of doing. And, and right now, like when I told my doctor, I was like, yeah, I do still want to compete. You know, I want to have this surgery so that I can, I can come back and compete, but I also want to have this surgery so that like I can play sports with my kids, you know, like that's been like one of the hardest things is like not being able to just wrestle with my boys or play you know baseball in the backyard like oh dad can't run you'll have to run for dad while we play baseball you know like <laughs> and i'm like you're 9 and 7 i'm like this is a bummer <laughs> but um so you know just changing my perspective and the fact that and taking it easy coming back in from the recovery process where in 2012 when i dislocated my knee it was like i'm here i'm re- I, like immediately was squatting i was pushing the limits of like everything that my doctor said or in my physical therapist said to do. Mm-hmm. I was pushing the limits and being like, okay, they're saying I can do this. So I'm going to step it just a little bit farther. Or this time I'm like, I'm going to step it just a little bit back. Yeah. Um, and just hoping that down the road that, you know, if I, if I do get to compete again, that'll be great. But really, I just want to be out of pain in this knee so that I can live a happy life and, and like play, play and do things with my kids as well. So.
1: Awesome. That's yeah. a, an awesome perspective to have. Um, even though I'm sure we would all love to see you back out there, I think we would rather you have, be able to play with your kids too. (laughs) Um, so as you've gone through this recovery process and even, you know, through your long career, um, are there any things that you've done for your recovery outside of just the physical training that you think have made a big difference?
0: I've done a lot of, a lot of stuff. Yeah. I'm a huge proponent in trying just about anything, you know? And so... Anytime I hear anything, I've been doing a lot of uh, a lot of so- a sauna work, um, and a lot of cold tub th- therapy. Awesome. Um, you know, I've done all the like the ing- like the PRP injections in the stem cell, and you know the stem cell. Actually, I did stem cell pre surgery. Okay. Uh, when because I was I was always kind of having a little bit of knee pain since the the first injury. Sure. And the stem cell like. I thought it really did something. It was just a really, like, really expensive, and so it's not an easy thing, an easy accessible thing for a lot of people. Um, I took a chance on it, and I was like, ah, I'll see it, and I thought it helped. I just don't know longevity-wise if it was, like, a huge Mm -hmm. drastic thing, but yeah. um, Other than that, you know, like, acupuncture, cupping, uh, cold tub therapy, the sauna therapy, which I like the studies they're having now with like the heat and the cold shock therapies is is crazy there's
1: really great great stuff coming out now about it
0: yeah yeah I do you I I listen to Rhonda Patrick
1: I love her (laughs) yeah
0: she's amazing she's
1: my favorite podcast
0: yeah I listen I um I watch her YouTubes all the time and like the stuff that she just talks about is Mm -hmm. just it's mind-blowing you know like the 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 hormone like the, the changes in the hormone levels from the hot therapy and the cold therapy and all that kind of stuff and the Wim Hof, uh, yeah. you know, the breathing because I was actually, it was, I want to say it was 17 or 18. I was getting sick literally like every two or three months wow. and I'm like, what's wrong with my immune system? Why yeah. am I like, what is, what's happening? And I started doing the cold tub therapy and the breathing techniques. And I literally like last, and you know what The I've been doing? I was like pretty adamant about doing it. And then I stopped doing it about two months ago, like consistently, yeah. and I got sick.
1: Got sick. Interesting. Unbelievable. An immune system, it's, yeah. it's an amazing thing. Right. Um, so you are known for a phrase that you use a lot about paying the man. Mm-hmm. Yes. I've seen a lot of people walk around with shirts that say, pay him on the back. <laughs> Can you talk like about it. where that came from and what that means to you?
0: Yeah, so it was something that's basically said in the military – um it was kind of more of a thing like when you got in trouble hey you're gonna pay the man right like like what you like you did something stupid time to pay the man i kind of took it as my own after leaving the military and started to use it as like i don't own anything that i have right i don't own my fitness i don't own my health and so to keep it i have to pay the man i rent it and so i literally just i think i just posted it one day as i was rowing like something stupid and it just like caught on like wildfire and, and it like you know went from there and so I just think it's a great saying for anything. And it doesn't just uh, have to be about your fitness. It can be about your health, Mm -hmm. you know, like everything, you know, anything that you want it to mean, you know, whatever that you want to keep that you, if you don't use it or continue to to try to grow at something, you're going to, you're, it's going to go away. Mm -hmm. So
1: yeah, you have to put that work in every single day. Yeah,
0: exactly. Just, you know, put the work in and uh, you'll get the reward from it.
1: Awesome. And you've been putting the work in for a long time. Um, I know you have a background in wrestling, which seems to be a very great background for CrossFit athletes. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think we've seen several successful athletes that have a wrestling background. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about some of the lessons you learned from wrestling in high school and college and, um, some that you still think about or that you use today?
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I literally think that actually a lot of people think that, or have, you know, they think that I got my mental toughness from like the military and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And it's like, no, it came from wrestling. Wrestling was physically more demanding than anything that I've ever done. It's college wrestling, especially. That's
1: surprising. Yeah. You wouldn't expect that.
0: No, it's it's insane. Like when I, and I, I remember I've gone to a couple of universities and spoke to some of the wrestlers there. And, um, Couple different universities, and I'm like, I always tell them they're like, You're you're a Navy SEAL cross games athlete. I'm like, The hardest thing I ever did was college wrestling. Wow, I didn't even wrestle D1, I was like like an NAI wrestler. So that's amazing. Um, Yeah, it was just, and I don't know if it was just how young I was when I went into it, not expecting it, and just not ready for it. Uh, but it was it was brutal and it was tough. And I had a great high school wrestling coach who. He would just he had so much passion and so much fire and he would yell at us and just you know scream at us to go like you know break through your wall break through your wall because Mm he would see people you know in wrestling practice you see these highs and lows like when you're because it's just such a physical and like demanding sport to where you just start to get run down halfway through practice and uh, the coach would see that and he'd like you know be screaming at us to try to push Mm -hmm. through our wall and that was one of the biggest things I always took away you know push through your wall and uh, I like I use that still to my day like I'm like pushing my wall because if you hit the wall and you stop, you're not gonna grow as an athlete or a person. Like you have to push through the wall. That's where you see the growth. So
1: that's amazing. Yeah. So after wrestling, then you eventually decided you wanted to become a SEAL. Yeah. Can you take us through that process? Like when did that first that thought first enter your mind? And then what was the process for you deciding you wanted to train for it and then the selection process?
0: Well, yeah, so I, I only went to college for a year. Uh, Russell there for a year and I, I decided that I was you know too good for for school I was too smart for it too cool
1: for school I didn't school.
0: need it anymore <laughs> so I uh <laughs> I wanted to go into the business world and I uh went to I became a telemarketer for SBC the phone ah, company so you're
1: used to wearing these uh, yeah these yeah, phone yeah phone. exactly like beep
0: <laughs> beep hello thank you for calling SBC yeah <laughs> but um <clears throat> so yeah um I uh so I went into the uh, telemarketing business, and that was awful, a painful. I, I stayed there for like two years. It was miserable. Wow. I, I have no idea how I did it, to be honest.
1: Talk about paying the man. <laughs> <laughs> right,
0: exactly. Um, and then I became a loan officer at okay. uh, Wells Fargo. And I was doing, I was basically like, if you bought or refinanced your house, I was, a lo- I was the guy who gave you your loan. Okay. And so... Another miserable job that I thought was awesome for like a second. And then like, mm-hmm. this is terrible. And so at my second mortgage company I worked for, a guy that I met named Mike Singer. I'll call him out because he's a great dude. Because not only did he introduce me to the Navy mm-hmm. and be a SEAL, he's the same guy who introduced me to CrossFit. Wow. He's like, I'm going to go be a Navy SEAL. He's like, and this is what they do. This is what some of these guys do to get in shape. It's CrossFit. And I'm wow. like, oh, that sounds cool. And that was like January of 24. 20- 2005. Okay, And I was like, he's like, do you want to, do you want to come try CrossFit with me? And I like type in CrossFit.com or whatever. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, whatever. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, it looks kind of cool. I'll give it a, I'm like, yeah, I'll give it a shot with you. And literally like, I want to say it was like January 16th, 2005 is when I started doing CrossFit. And like from that day on, I've never stopped. I'm like, this is awesome. I'm like, this is so much fun.
1: That's amazing. And were you doing anything to work out at that time, like no. between wrestling and then?
0: Wait, so after wrestling, I I literally stopped working out after after I I left school, and I was in the mid uh, when I was in the business world, I stopped working out. I was okay. like, I'm not doing anything. I'm like, I'm I'm, I'm over done. it. I don't need to work out anymore. I'm in a shape, and it's called round. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so I I like, do
1: you have any pictures of that? I I
0: probably do somewhere (laughs) (laughs) where my mom does or somebody does, but yeah, I was, I was not in shape at all. And, uh, but then about a year prior to that, I started going back to like a globo gym and just doing a normal, like bodybuilding routine because that's the only type of working out that I knew of. And so, um, but I would still wouldn't call myself in shape at all. So I did that. And then when he, when he introduced me to CrossFit, so that was January th- 2005, and literally, like ever since then, I was just like, okay, this is awesome. And then about two months later, I was like, so you wait, you want to be a Navy SEAL? What's that? Like, I had no idea what it was. So, you had
1: never really been exposed to it before?
0: No, never, never. Wow. Like, I was, I'm from St. So Louis, Missouri, which is like landlocked, yeah. you know, like Navy water, SEALs, what's that? <laughs> you know, like, I knew what Army Rangers were, and I knew what Marines were, because okay. everyone does, right? Yeah. So, I was like, okay, what's a Navy SEAL? So, I started doing my research, started looking into it, seeing what it was read that it's the most physically demanding training in the in the planet Mm -hmm. and I'm like this sounds kind of interesting okay Mm -hmm. I like this this sounds fun so that
1: was attractive to you to do most difficult possible thing
0: yeah that's yeah and so I'm like okay this I when I was younger I always thought like being naive being like oh you know you see movies like Full Metal Jacket or Navy Seals and be like ooh boot camp that looks really tough like I want to see if I can go through boot camp Yeah, and I just never pursued it you know and then kind of When I got that, uh, when Mike kind of told me about the SEALs, I was like, okay, this, I want to try this. Yeah, this looks really cool. And I, you know, I think I could do this. Like I, you know, I I wrestled in college. Like I did, I've done some pretty demanding things with my body. So um, at that point I like, I decided I'm like, okay, I'm going to give myself a year, a year to train for this, to to work work myself up. And then I'm going to enlist and go in. So yeah. So I ended up going into the military in March of 2007.
1: Wow. And I know the selection process is not easy. (laughs) Not very many people make it um, to that level. Yeah. What do you think, if you had to pick maybe one quality about yourself that you think allowed you to be successful, what would you say it was?
0: You know, it's, that's tough because I just, I just didn't want to let my, myself or any, any of my friends and family down. It was really what I thought. I was just like, I was like, all right, I committed to this. This is what I'm going to do. And I gave myself no plan B. I'm like, I'm like, there's no out. I'm like, I don't, I'm not going to pick another job that I'd want to do in the Navy. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't even want to be in the Navy if I'm not a Navy SEAL, you know? So I'm like, this, this is it. Like you, you're, there's, you're not going to quit. You can't quit. And that's pretty much what I told myself. was like, you can't quit. There's no quitting. And I just, I, you know, I don't know what it was, Mm -hmm. but, uh, I felt I, I prepared really well. I did a lot of I you know I kind of looked into what I needed to do, and what Navy Seals do, and what I what I should be ready for mm-hmm. as much as possible. It's I was it's not quite as accessible as it is now as it was back then or mm-hmm. for me back then. But I did my enough research, and there was a couple books out that you could read that kind of gave you a perspective of, into what was gonna hit what I was gonna come across, and yeah. so I felt like that helped a little bit.
1: So you said you gave yourself no option that you weren't going to quit. Were there ever moments where that thought entered your mind? And then how did you turn that around?
0: You know, to be honest, if you, if you read any books, any Navy SEAL books, it's like everyone's like, oh, everyone everyone thinks about quitting. And yeah. I, to be honest, I didn't. You never did. I never did. Because I, remember, I always remember thinking, I always tried to have a perspective of like, I was running on a beach with a boat on my head. You know, it was like, I'm like, I'm getting paid right now. Not a lot of money, but I'm getting paid right now to run on a beach with a boat on my head. Or, I'm, and it's literally just working out all day long. And I'm like, this is the best job. With, or yeah. shoot guns. And, you know, like learn tactics. It's, that's like, it's so maybe really better
1: than telemarketing or selling loans. <laughs>
0: slightly. Just maybe slowly. you
1: had that perspective. Yeah, slightly. <laughs>
0: exactly. I, li- I lived that world and I knew I never wanted to go back to it. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, let's, this is, this is fun. Okay. I'm okay with this. Even though it was really tough and really challenging, it was just, I-, I, loved it. I loved it. I had, I actually had fun. I mean, don't get me wrong. There was definitely moments where if I, if you would have caught me on a bad day, I would have been like, this sucks. Sure. But you know, no, I, to be honest, I never really thought about quitting. I always, like, if I ever got into a low moment, I would just be like, you're on a beach in the ocean. Like, the ocean. I literally had beachfront property. My my room that got inspected, the, the window, I could hear the waves crashing. Wow. I'm like, no, this is this is ridiculous. I love this.
1: So you're able to just kind of keep things in perspective. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, like, like, like
0: tough. as tough as they were and as tough as it, as it was, it was, like... At the moment, there, there was nowhere else I wanted to be. So. That's
1: awesome. so now you're a SEAL. You're in active duty. And at some point along the way, you decided, hey, I'm I'm an active duty SEAL. I have a family. Why not train for the CrossFit Games? <laughs> right. That sounds like a good idea. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where
1: did that idea come from?
0: You know, I, obviously, I always followed it because I started doing it in 05 And so when the first CrossFit Games hit in 07, I actually remember when it came out and they like put the flyer out. And I actually used to talk with James Fitzgerald, the guy who won the first games, like through email. Yeah. And I would be like, and I was like, oh, hey, James, did you see that thing that they're going to do this competition? Like, this thing's pretty cool, doesn't it? Yeah. He's like, yeah. I'm like, I don't think I'm going to be able to go, though, because I'm enlisting into the Navy in March. And so, and he goes on and wins it. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And I just kind of followed along and... 08, you know, I was still in SQT. So it wasn't like in, when when you're a student, there's there was no option there to even yeah. like try to do that. Oh, nine. I end up deploying or no, I'm sorry. Oh, nine was my first workup. So you're a new guy. So you like you don't have like you have Not no down. Room, yeah. yeah, you have no downtime. Um, and then 10, I was deployed. And then 11, uh, it was like the the season kind of lined up to where I remember asking my chief. I was like, hey. I think I want to try to go do this CrossFit Games thing, and I'm not gonna have to miss a lot of training. Are you good with it? Mm -hmm. And he looked at me and he's like, and he didn't really know a lot about CrossFit. He goes, he knew a little bit, and he goes, what's your friend time? (laughs) And I was like, I was like, it's 202. He goes, okay, you can give it a shot.
1: (laughs) So he knew enough that that was a good friend time. So yeah,
0: so he knew, yeah, just based off the friend time alone, and so I only had to miss a little bit of work for that. And uh, but looking back on 2011, that was like the craziest year because. We were in the middle of a workup and, like, a workup is not easy. Like, we're out in the desert doing, you know, up down drills at 130 degrees for like 12 hours a day, um, you know, just nonstop. And so, and you'd get these little breaks in between your sessions of workout with military. Yeah. And, like, and everyone goes, like, takes a nap or eats food. And I literally would go in the gym and work out. I was like, and I look back and I'm like, how the hell did I do that?
1: <laughs> it's crazy.
0: Sorry. <laughs> I got, I okay. Now, now I can hear myself too. Okay, good. <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't even know how I was able, like looking back, I'm like, that is actually one of the things like during the journey, you, you, sometimes you don't appreciate the things that you can ac- accomplish yeah. because maybe you didn't reach your goals. And in 2011, I took second and I was, I was really bummed about taking second because I really thought I had a good shot at winning. Yeah. And, um, and looking back now, it's just like, it's incredible. Like, I'm like, wow, I can't believe that I did that. You right. know, like, so.
1: It's amazing. I mean, people tell me like, oh, I can't believe you went to med school and did the games. And I'm like, I was reading a book all day. I was not working out <laughs> right. and then training for the CrossFit Games. So yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine.
0: But the stress though is still the same. I mean, I can't imagine the stress of medical school and like and also training for the games.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's all stress, but it's <laughs> I don't know. I would have taken the nap probably if I was you. <laughs> um, so how long did you do that where you were... You know, on active duty or training with the military and training for the CrossFit Games. Yeah,
0: so that was until twenty fifteen. Is actually when I got out of the military. I got out in October of twenty fifteen. So mm-hmm. every season that I competed, which twelve was the only one that I um, I was injured in twelve, mm-hmm. so I didn't get to I didn't get to compete that year. Uh, but thirteen, fourteen, and then fifteen, um, I all was doing both. So
1: okay, and what what all went into the decision for you of deciding it was time to retire from the military?
0: It was more so about being away from my kids. So the last three years in the military, I was in a training command where I got to come home every night, okay. m- most nights at least. And so that was nice, right? I wasn't away all the time. And, uh, and my kids were at that time. So my kids were now three and three and five. Okay. And I was just, I was getting to the point where I was like, do I want to continue to have this selfish job of like being an I loved being a seal; like it was the greatest opportunity I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it takes you away a lot because when you're actually in a platoon, working up to deploy, you're gone probably eighty-five percent of the time, even in training. And wow. then when you're deployed, you're gone hundred percent of the time, right? So it was just—it became a point where I was like, "All right, do I want to watch my kids, you know, grow up, or do I want to see them just?" weeks like a week here and there mm-hmm. so for me i made the choice that it was like i'm gonna and i had the opportunity with crossfit where i think i could have like continued to basically live off of what i was making and and train to just be an athlete mm-hmm. and so you know i took a shot and i'm glad i did it paid off and and i've gotten to do a lot of things with my kids that a lot of parents probably don't get to do even with just normal jobs yeah for so, sure. yeah
1: so as we look at this season, you, you knew from the beginning you were going to take this season out. And a lot of changes happened this season <laughs> when it comes to the format of qualifying for the yeah. CrossFit Games. So I think, you know, in many ways, maybe you had an advantage, advantage of sitting back and watching it yeah. all play out for a year before you get back in there. But what were your first thoughts when you heard about some of these changes and then seeing it all now being here at the 2019 Games has it has it influenced how you're going to approach next season?
0: <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, I mean, my first initial thought, I think, was like everyone's a little bit like skeptical, right? Like, yeah. You're taking something that obviously worked, and it found the fittest people on earth, um, and you're just you know changing it drastically. And no one likes change. I, I think it, there's always that initial pullback from change, right? But um, as it kind of started to play out, there you definitely saw the advantages to this season. I think for the athlete as a where in the old season, you know, if you had a bad week in the open, you could possibly not go to regionals. Mm-hmm. And then if you had a bad regional, you definitely weren't going to games, right? And so if you just happen to get sick that week prior to your regional, like your season's over. Mm-hmm. You might as well just start start training for next year. Yeah. Where this format actually it allows the athlete a little bit more time to where, say you don't have a bad, you go to a, a sanctional and you have a bad, re, a bank's bad sanctional, you got another months you i mean you are sanctions almost all, all the way up to the games now so mm-hmm. and that aspect i really did like it i think it's all, i think it's cool um you know i think you, there's more more chances to m- make money out there now you have more opportunity with the, uh with more sanctions so you, mm-hmm. you don't just have your three weekends so I, it's a really you know like and then watching the i was really <laughs> the 100 150 athletes up in the field at a time i'm like and the workout to dictate the cuts had to be perfect. Right. And, and like, I literally texted Dave afterwards, and I was like, Dave, that was the best workout I've ever seen at the CrossFit Games. I'm like, I wish with all my heart I could have participated in it. Like, yeah. that was the literally handwritten on the board. I'm like, that's the the, the coolest workout at the CrossFit Games ever. Yeah. And like, it
1: was such a perfect test for that re- cut.
0: It really was. For that cut, it was um, – and I, and I think overall, just for fitness, I was like, you nailed it. I'm like, yeah. you nailed – you nailed the, the the domains. You nailed the movements. You nailed the reps. You nailed the weight. Mm-hmm. I'm like it was perfect. So That's I was, awesome. it was actually a lot better to watch than I expected it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, the second event was really cool too, and I think it did the same thing. It did the job that it needed to do to get the the right people to move on. So it uh it's been a it's it has been a wild ride to watch, and yeah. uh, it, it has played out way better than I thought it was going to. So.
1: Definitely, and I'm I'm excited to see how it all ends up at the yeah, end of the weekend. what did you? How, how
0: about you? What did you think?
1: I I completely agree. I think, you know, at the beginning, every change is hard for everyone because, yeah. especially, I think being an athlete, I can't imagine. You know, I know how stressful it was when you knew exactly how the process was going to go, but right. with so many new factors, you have to really adapt your training, and there's so many decisions to make about what events you're going to do, um, and there are so many more variables now, and so I think. I think in the end, it does make it a lot more exciting to watch, and I think, you know, they got the right people here at the Games. Yeah. I think that the representation from so many more countries was right. amazing to see, mm-hmm. um, and I think with that, every single year, we're just going to see that grow, and it's going to be more international. Yeah,
0: I agree completely. I think it was, seeing all those people out there, you know, getting their their, uh, their time at the Games, it, it was really, it was incredible, you know? Yeah. so,
1: yeah. Very cool. So as you are looking forward, what right now for you, for Josh Bridges, what are your priorities and your goals and things that are most important to you right now?
0: Uh, right now, obviously priority number one is just to get healthy again. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> make sure I don't need to get the second knee surgery, or at least at the moment, to, to continue to try to, to try to progress to coming back to the games. Um, and then, yeah, just, uh, you know... That that's kind of really it. Helping grow my brand with uh, good dudes coffee, yeah, no big deal. And then, um, yeah, that's those are kind of like my two priorities right now. And then obviously the boys, the boys' sports and school. And, and try, how old in, are they now? What's they're uh, nine and seven.
1: Okay, so, so what kind of things are they into?
0: They're into uh, baseball. Okay. Pretty hard. Uh, they're into basketball, but they're not really playing basketball. They're just into it. Uh, you know, like every little kid, they play they play play video games, you know, Fortnite. Fortnite's <laughs> Fortnite's kinda going away and something else is coming in. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> they don't get a ton of game time, but yeah. they get a little bit. Okay. So yeah, yeah, no, they're a blast though. They're just they're so much fun.
1: Hard to keep up. Yeah. And now <clears throat> you you were a thirty six years old correct? Thirty six. Thirty six. Yes. So let's say, hypothetically speaking, someday down the line you were able to qualify for a master's category. Would you ever take that invite and compete as a master? <laughs> I know, it's like 36. It seems odd to call it a master's, but...
0: Yeah, I know, right? Um,
1: that's what they you say. You know, right now,
0: <laughs> I like it, Like as of today, no, but, you know, like... Will I change my mind? I don't know. I, 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 there was a time where I said I'd never go team either and I've told Rich, I'm like, yeah, I'd probably go team at some point. Yeah. So I think team would be in line. Like if I don't go individual, I would go probably team before I went master. Yeah. But yeah, at some point, who knows? You know, like I n- never say never, but.
1: Right. Anything's on the table. Yeah, hey, okay.
0: exactly. <laughs> right.
1: um, so I'm going to start wrapping up with the three questions I ask everyone at the end of the podcast and then we're going to open it up for some questions. So hopefully you guys are thinking of some good questions for Josh. Um, so the first question I ask is the three things that you do on a regular basis that have the biggest positive impact on your health.
0: Ooh, biggest impact on health. That's good. I am um, doing intermittent fasting. Oh. I feel like I feel like that's really helping. Yeah.
1: So how do you do it?
0: I do uh, a 16-8. So every day? Every day. Okay. Um, I, I started doing it. I quit because I was like, I don't like this. And then I came back to it, excuse me, and I came back to it and I was like, all right, I'm going to give it a real shot and not just like a two-week shot. And uh, once I got past like a month, I was like, it's actually really easy. So I do, yeah, I do um, one to nine, I can eat everything else I can't eat.
1: Okay. So, and wh- how does your training fit into that schedule then?
0: I actually train in the morning. I train okay. most of my training is actually uh, fasted okay. and I have no issues with it whatsoever. Um, I actually feel really good training fasted. So I think that's been huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely. I got like some testing back. My, whole, like I got like my testosterone levels came up, which I've always had like really low
1: testosterone. Okay. And so
0: I was like kind of shocked. Just seat. from
1: that was the only thing you changed was the fasting. Yeah,
0: that was. The, I mean, everything else has been wow. exactly the same. So I mean, I don't. I don't know what else it could have been. So very I mean, cool. i going got to start I got intermittent fasting. I got not <laughs> get. <getting, I> <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was big, and then uh, I do a cold tub and meditation every morning. Four minutes of like deep breathing in about like thirty-three to thirty-five degree water. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of like kind of coming playing off the Wim Hof method, but just. I sit in neck deep water and do like 20 deep breaths. And like I said at the beginning, like I, when I do it consistently every single day, mm-hmm. like, like I haven't gotten sick and then I stopped doing it consistently. And I got sick. So I think that, that has been huge. And I think the meditation aspect of it too, where I'm like, actually just like the breathing and yeah. everything kind of culmination. Um,
1: and do I, you just do, is it just deep breathing or do you do any specific?
0: It's kind of like meditation a meditation practice. It's, it's uh, it's like a four second in, four second out yep. breath kind yep. of thing. So, cool. Um, and I've been playing with some sauna stuff, uh, doing like the 200 degrees for like 20 minutes every night. Um, I don't know if that really helps or not, but <laughs> that is cool. that is worse than the 32 degree water.
1: The heat is worse. The
0: 200 degrees heat is insane. Uh, That's it's nice. like you're literally, I like, I cook meat on a Traeger grill <laughs> at 225, you know what I mean? I'm like, I am like, I'm like, I cook food at, at this temperature and I'm sitting in it for 20 minutes. It's pretty brutal. So wow. yeah, that's, uh, those are like the three things that I feel like have made some drastic differences for me. Sounds
1: like it. Is there anything, one thing that you think would have a big impact on your health, but you struggle with, or you haven't found a way to implement it yet?
0: I'm not the best... I'm not the cleanest eater. Okay. I think I wish I ate better. I wish I had a little better restraint. So, in what
1: way, when you say you're not the best? I eat eater? a lot
0: of I eat a lot of junk. You okay. know, like 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 there's always cookies in the house. <laughs> you know, there's like, or like I get lazy and I'll be like, all right, boys, we're doing pizza tonight, and that's at least like once or twice a week. I'm <laughs> like, <laughs> oh I don't feel like cooking. So I wish I, I wish I had some belt, better discipline there with that in my life, and I, think, I know that it would make a better impact, a bigger impact sure. on me.
1: Well, the 80-20 rule is worth something, I think, too. Yeah, for sure, definitely. All right, last question is what does a healthy life look like to you?
0: I think everything in, everything that's, everything in moderation, right? Like, you, like if you're not too consumed by one thing, and then you can have a, a nice balance of everything.
1: I love it. Yeah. Balance. Balance. Awesome. Well, thank you. This has been awesome. (laughs) Um, We're going to open it up for some questions from the audience. So go ahead and raise your hand if you have a question for us. Questions.
2: All right. Make sure you speak up when I hand you the mic.
1: We have sons the same age as yours. All right. Uh, What's a great lesson you're trying to teach them right now?
0: Oh, man. I was just talking to my man Tosh. Where's he at? We were just talking about this. I feel like my older son lacks a little bit of confidence and... Uh, it's tough. And I was actually asking him, I'm like, well, I'm like, give me some, you know, good examples of what you like to build confidence. I'm like, I, I don't, I struggle with it. Actually. I don't, I don't know the exact answer. Cause my seven year old, my younger son is like straight hardcore leader. Doesn't give an F, you know, <laughs> he's like, you want to hang out with me? Cool. If not, I don't care. I'm going to go over here and do my own thing. My nine year old's like, please be my friend. I was <laughs> like, man, you know, like, um, so that's, You know, that's uh it's tough. It's tough. It's really tough. It's uh, being in a, being a parent doesn't come with a manual and that's like one of the hardest things. Like where the hell is my manual at? Like when, when things like this pop up, right? Like, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but, uh, that's something that I'm struggling with right now to, to, you know, and just, I think showing them and leading them with, you know, like doing things and not always just telling them what to do and then letting them kind of give them a little bit more rein of the leash and like letting them make their mistakes kinda can hopefully help and or not make their mistakes or maybe they do something really awesome and they they build confidence themselves so I try to let them
2: outside of your, your injuries and things like that what have you found has helped you the most that you're doing on your own time or at home or during training or after training or other sports re- sports related or service injuries
0: I, I, the, the two things we talked about, I think the, uh, the cold tub and the sauna have been really big. I think acupuncture is huge. It's something that I highly recommend. Um, I've been doing it since like 11. I wouldn't come to the, I would not come to the CrossFit games without my acupuncturist. She's always with me. Uh, she does other, she does like cupping massage therapy, but the acupuncture has been, I think that's been a huge thing and it actually helps with the knee injury as well, where they can it can help with like inflammation and just like turning turning muscles on and off that need to be firing. So, I think there are so many things out there now for recovery that you should try them all and figure out which ones you like and work. I don't like. I hate when people are like, oh, that's stupid. I wouldn't do that. It's like, well, why not? Have you tried it? No, I haven't tried, it, but I, had, and I know a guy. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> you know, so for me, I'm like, I'll go give it a shot and I'll I'll decide for myself if it works.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> Like be your own end of one experiment. Figure out what works for you because we're all different.
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, coming from CrossFit uh, NYC, the why that we look forward to is the biggest of the year is doing Murph over Memorial Day, uh, which I know you're the poster child for. So when you're coming down the stairs in the stadium with thousands of people screaming, you out that big wolf cry, what's going through your, uh, through your mind as that's going on?
0: As I'm coming, like the finish? Yeah. Hey, it's almost over. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no that, that was a that's a special workout you know I mean obviously it's got a lot of uh a lot of history uh and you know what it stands for and what it represents all here all hero walk, workouts do you know I mean we're obviously just honoring our fallen the people who protect and serve our country and give us the freedoms that we get to do to, to be out here to have our fun right and so it's it's easy to push in those moments it's easy to you know think about the for me, in, the, in those types of moments, I'm typically thinking about the brothers that I lost, you know, and so, um, and just hoping that, you know, I can make them proud in this little little way that I'm doing, and, you know, keep their name remembered. Yeah.
2: Good question. You may uh, you may recognize this young lady. She has a question.
0: Yeah, Christy, what's up? <laughs> hey, Josh. How are you? Good,
2: good Christy. How are you?
0: Good. Thank you. Good. <laughs> I know you have said masters never in the past, <laughs> and I, I was wondering, what, what do you mean by that? Statement. Hey! And cool. right the fans want to know: Are you? Would you? Would you ever compete again as a masters individual? What's? What are your competition goals? Yeah, like, for sure. Spot? Yeah. So for never masters, it wasn't like a slate at masters athletes because that's what I got. I got hit with it hard, <laughs> and I was like, "Hey, this is not what I'm. I don't mean that you guys suck. All right." <laughs> <laughs> like, because it is actually very inspiring what the Masters athletes do. It is It is insane, and I hope that when I am you know, 50 and 60 years old, doing the things that these athletes are doing, it's incredible. And so um, for me, it was just a moment where everyone was asking me, hey, are you going Masters? Are you going Masters? And I'm like, no, I'm not going Masters. Because in my mind, I'm still able to compete with these individuals. I think I, I actually still believe that I could, in, in 16, 17, and 18, I still believe going to those games that I could win the CrossFit Games or I wouldn't have been there. I wasn't just maybe, well... Before I got injured in 18, I felt that way. Um, And so the whole Never Masters was more for me personally. Like, I'm not a Masters yet. I'm still an individual athlete. Uh, It wasn't a slate at Masters Athletes. So I hope that clears it up. I know it probably yeah. won't. I'll probably still get some hate for it, but whatever.
1: But kind <laughs> so. of like, kind of like what you said when you went into seals, you didn't want to give yourself an out. Exactly. So if you still want to chase that goal of individual athlete,
0: yeah, you don't
1: want to give yourself another backup option. Yeah, because not that it's a backup. <laughs>
0: right. Exactly. No. Right. It was. And that's what people kept saying to me, though. They're like, you should do the masters qualifiers in case you don't qualify at regionals. And I was like, exactly, which is a plan B. And I'm like, I didn't want to have that. I'm like, I. Somebody said, I think Frazier said it to me like four times, and I think he was just trying to get it under my skin. And I was like, dude, if you say that again, I'm going to punch you in the face. <laughs> All right. So, so um, that's what I meant by that. And yes, my goal is to compete again, hopefully, you know, if the knee comes back. And, I, and right now, like, I think like, I'm trending that way for sure. So, yeah. Good
2: <laughs> yeah, question. By the way, guys, that's Christy Atkins, eight times CrossFit yeah, no, Games competed no, no over there. She's, no big deal. She certainly knows it. <laughs> A young lady just told me she had a question, and then she disappeared. So I guess we're just gonna open back up to someone else. Yep, oh, right over here, this guy. As a sailor, how did you get into coffee? As a sailor? As a well, you're uh, As a squid, <laughs>
0: how's that? Yeah. Um, coffee. So I was on my first deployment in Iraq, and I was in the turret, which is in a Humvee. The guy, the gunner in the turret, uh, the gunner in the Humvee truck. And I remember I was just like, we were doing it like a all night. Recky and I was just like up there on the gun, you know, I was like, oh. <laughs> like okay, so I'm like I got to figure something out, and I started drinking coffee out there. And so actually, I started with Rippits. I know you know. I know if you're <laughs> if you're in the military and you've been overseas, you probably know what a rippit is. Um, what is it? It's it's like a energy drink. Okay. Um, and they're like this big, and they only need to be that big because they will like they're like a heart attack in a can. Okay. And so I, I drank like one of those, and I was like, okay, I can't do that anymore. I got to figure something else out. And so then I started getting into the coffee. Um, And when I get into something, I typically go like, all I go all out, right? I go professional at whatever I'm doing. So coffee was was no different. (laughs) So I'm like ordering like these fancy coffees. And I remember being on this website and I find green. It's like green next to it. But I was so like new at this that I didn't know what that meant. Mm -hmm. But it was like the cheapest of the expensive coffee. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to get that. And I sent, like, I don't know, $150 worth of green coffee to myself in Iraq. And I open it and I'm like, oh, this is unroasted coffee. Okay. <laughs> so, what, what's planned? What's, what do I do with this? Oh, that's right. I order a coffee, an, uh, a bean roaster. And I had a bean roaster shipped to, my, shipped to me in Iraq. <laughs> and I started roasting coffee in Iraq. And that's literally a true story. <laughs> so, that's how I got into coffee.
2: Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, over here, Love it. question?
1: hi Josh how are you good how are you amazing um so huge fan for a long time
0: I appreciate it because
1: you seem like you have fun while you're doing it so <laughs> I th- my question is how do you maintain that joy for so long uh especially not in the limelight right now um and how you have you ever
0: lost that and how did you get it back oh that's a great question yeah uh I really love competing at everything. It doesn't matter if it's CrossFit or if it's just competing with my nine and seven-year-old son running across the, the field as I pick him up from school, which we just did the other week and I beat him both. It's not <laughs> a big deal. Um, and so, uh, no, I just, I love competing and I love pushing myself. And of course, yeah, I have definitely had moments like 2015 was a great uh, time where I, I lost like the joy of what I was doing. And I lost focus. And I was like, I don't want to go into the gym right now. And I, and I, and it showed in my, in my, uh, you know, competition, um, coming back from injuries is always really difficult. You know, you have these ebbs and flows, ups and downs, and you have to really push through the low times and enjoy the high times, uh, because you know, everyone's going to deal with them. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're at the top or if you're at the bottom, like everyone's going to struggle. And, just always bringing it back to why you go in there, right? Why, why do I really come into the gym? I I come in the gym because it's my time. I get stress relief. I have, uh, you know, like I enjoy doing this and Oh, and then if, so if you start to really struggle and start to like, you know, like take it back to that and like remove the clock, remove like any sort of uh, expectations on yourself. Like, Oh, I got to hit this weight when I'm doing this lift, like remove all that and just go in there and have fun and enjoy that or Go do something else for a little bit and then come back to it and see if you can gain it. Like right now, you know, coming back from this knee injury, it's been, it's been brutal. You know, you're like, you're just, you're watching other people doing things that you want to, like I'll drive down the road and I'm watching like some person jogging down the street. I'm like, you're so lucky. You know, like like it just, it sucks when you can't do the things that you want to do. And so, you know, just getting past that, knowing that I'll get there and knowing that you're on the road to getting there and not thinking about where you were or, where you want to be, but where you're at and like how much further you are at that moment than you were five weeks ago. So, yeah, it's, it's tough, but it's, you know, changing it up is is huge and that helps.
2: Good stuff. This is Jose from Mexico City. He's got a question what for you. What up,
0: Josh. Jose? Hi, Josh. How are you? Good. How are you? Fine. Thanks. Good. Um, I think that many of people like me, we are regular athletes who only go to their local box and train five days a week. and What would you recommend to all these people that are mortals, <laughs> you know? <laughs> that, <laughs> that we are normal athletes that are just wishing to make a better person every day. Mm-hmm. So what would you recommend to athletes like us? Have fun, right? Only I mean, you're, you're saying you're basically just going and you want to be just better at life, right? And if you wish to make, uh, like, to be a better athlete, than just a regular one, what would you recommend to give the next step? Find good coaches, find a good coach you know someone who uh, you know has uh has been around knows what they're talking about, which isn't always the easiest thing to do there's there's a lot of good coaches out there, but find a good coach and get tr- and, and, tr- and have some structure with your training if you actually want to take it to the next level and have some structure so that you can see progress right if you could just follow like a a GPP type program a general purpose program then you know you're probably not gonna see that progress right you need to you need to have the structure right it has to be a progression so that you can see that and so I think that if you actually want to go to the next level that's that would be my recommendation Mm
2: -hmm. well done well done Jose thanks for coming all the way from Mexico City who else come on now guys it's Josh Bridges (laughs) there we go this gentleman right here you're making them turn their necks around, man. It's all Come
1: right. on. <laughs> hey, Josh, how you doing? Good, brother. How are you?
0: All right. Hey, what kind of music do you like to jam to when you're working out? When I'm working out, uh, I listen to just about everything. Um, I'm a classic rock type of guy: ACDC, Leonard Skinner, Led Zeppelin. But I listen to I listen to Adele as well. You know, like it's <laughs> not a big deal. Rolling into the deep. If you're, that song gets me fired up, I like I like it all. Like, one of the only, only, like, I'm not a huge country guy, but other than that, I'll listen to just about anything.
2: Good question. Who else, guys? Come on, this gentleman right here. Josh and Julie, as a a master's athlete, 60-plus, do you believe there's a time in life that the CrossFit format is not appropriate for an older person, and what would be the signs of something like that, that maybe a person should seek out other types of exercise programs
1: so I think that that crossFit is what makes CrossFit so amazing is that it is infinitely scalable and it can be the the best training program for anyone at any stage of life um, but it's it's you have to you have to scale it and you have to allow it to fit your stage of life so I think and there's a huge there's a huge distinction between a master's athlete training for the CrossFit games and a master's aged person training for life and for health. And that's true at any age. Um, I think for most people who don't necessarily have aspirations of making CrossFit a competition or a career, um, it it's the best thing that you can do for health and longevity, but shouldn't be approached in the same way that you would approach it as a competitive athlete.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think,
1: <clears throat>
0: I think training to be a competitor at any age, and to be just using CrossFit as an ideology and, and a training fitness regimen to be better at life, they're two drastic different things, right? You have to understand what what is. And it's all a lot of thing for me. Is it comes down to risk versus reward, right? What can is is this movement necessarily absolutely necessary for me to be better at life, or could I do something that's a little bit less risk uh, that a competitor, something that a competitor has to do because they're going to do it in competition, they're going to see it in competition, so they have to train this to so where when you don't need to train it, there's a couple movements that I would definitely not do, right? Because I'm like that just doesn't make sense. And so for a masters athlete. Yeah, if, if it comes down to if I train this, I'm going to be injured, then it doesn't make sense, right? I mean, we say CrossFit is functional fitness, but if where you're at in your life, you can't do it, you can't do it. It's like me right now. I can't do pistols. I can't do pistols on my knees, It's like I can't do it. I just can't train it, right? So I'm not going to do it. and. Um, if, if I was a person that wasn't trying to be a competitor, I would never do pistols personally. (laughs) I would do lunges or something else. You know, there's, there's always ways around it. There's always scalable. And and sometimes we call them scalable options, but they're not even scale. It's like, this is just a different movement that works the same parts and muscles that you need to work.
1: And I think one of the huge differences too is volume of training, which is drastically different for a competitive athlete versus a a person who's training for health and longevity. You can do the same Types of workouts, the same movements, but it, you don't need much volume for them to be very effective. Um, and then the mindset of what you're pushing through. So, for example, what you pushed through in 2018 through that injury, you did it because you wanted to compete. You probably right. knew it wasn't necessarily the best thing for your knee at the time. Fact. But you made that conscious decision because you wanted to compete that year. And yeah. so it's, it's a different mindset about what your goals are. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. Great question. Yeah.
2: I want to chime in and say my mom's 70 years young. I've been doing CrossFit for six years. Just throwing it out there. No she's, big deal. She's, she's a boss. <laughs> Heck yeah. Questions. More questions. This young man right here.
0: Hey, Josh. Hey, Julie. Hey, hey buddy. How are you? I'm good. How about you? Good. So with the, where the the sports been going in the past couple of years? People just getting better and better. Where do you see it going in the next couple of years? I mean, I think that it's just going to keep going up, right? You're just going to keep seeing the athletes get better. I mean... The longer the sports around, the more people that see it, the more people that get involved, the competition, like in anything, right, it's just going to get better and better and better and rise. And I'm excited. I think, I think yeah. these athletes are doing incredible things, and it's exciting to watch, and it's exciting to see.
1: I mean, it- watching how fast they ran this morning, that 6K yeah. with the weight, I mean, I think it's cool to see. I think we'll see more and more athletes being able to compete at the highest level with athletes outside the sport, like maybe more athletes going to the Olympics for Olympic weightlifting, maybe more athletes being able to stay, to like stay at pace with some of these other experts. Yeah,
0: it's, it's really incredible. It's just, and I, and I think it's also growing other sports too, like you're yeah. saying, you know, it's just, it's incredible.
2: Very good question.
1: We'll take maybe one more question. One more question.
2: All right, this young lady right here, how about we go to her?
1: How do you buy your coffee? How do you buy it? Yeah. Can we buy your coffee? Yeah. And roast? Yeah, yeah. Online?
0: Yeah, gooddudescoffee.com. Okay. Great question. All right, question. question. Well done.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Julie Foucher and Mr. Josh Bridges. Let's hear it for them. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Hey there. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode. I had a blast talking with Josh and I always have so much fun recording in this live format and getting the audience involved as well. Here are some of my biggest takeaways from our conversation. Number one was the importance of setting your mind on a goal and not giving yourself an out. Josh talks about this mentality in regard to how he succeeded in the rigorous selection process of becoming a Navy SEAL, and he also talks about it now with regard to returning to CrossFit Games competition. So many times we're capable of much more than we think, but the only way to get there is to stay laser focused on that goal without leaving room for the possibility of failure. The second lesson that I'm taking away is the openness that Josh had to different modalities for healing and recovery. Josh talks a lot about how he's used things like cold tubs, saunas, and even intermittent fasting to improve healing in his knee. We often think about local interventions such as physical therapy, electric stim, foam rolling, massage, etc. as important recovery tools, but this is a reminder not to forget about the big picture. If we can maximize the function of our entire body through nutrition, mind-body therapies, and temperature, it can go a long way when it comes to healing and injury. The third lesson was competition isn't everything. I love how Josh compares his mentality now to how he approached returning from injury several years ago. At that time, he was very aggressive in pushing his physical limitations, but today he's a little more conservative. He still wants to return to competition, but not at the cost of his quality of life. His main priority now is being able to be healthy, happy, and active with his kids for the long term. I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation as much as I did and that you had some takeaways of your own. To make sure you never miss an episode and to receive exclusive content from me, head to my website Juliefouche.com and subscribe to my email list. If you like what you heard, don't forget to subscribe and consider giving the podcast a five-star rating on iTunes. Also, don't forget to share your stories. If you or someone you know has used lifestyle to overcome a serious health challenge, please send me an email at info at i I'll choose some of these inspiring stories to share here on future episodes. Don't forget you can train with me through Beyond the Whiteboard by visiting trainwithjuliefouché.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and I'll catch you next time on Pursuing Health.